from Best in the World Sports and Joe Sports Live. You are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And here's your host, John Brown. Okay, y'all, bring it in. It's time for another edition of the Best in the World Sports Report. John Brown, my partner in crime, Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. <laughs> Mike, we can never have we can never have nice things. No, we can't. We can't have nice things in this city. All right. The Eagles are a dumpster fire right now. They've lost two in a row. We'll talk about them. The, the Eagles are so bad, we're not even going to leave the show with the Eagles. That's how bad they are right now. Mm. We'll talk about the Eagles in the next segment. I'll get to them. I got fire for them. I got some smoke for them because I'm pissed off. But I want to talk about what was supposed to be the good of this week. Because we were moving in the same direction as we were last week where the Eagles were bad, but the uh, the Sixers were giving us reason to smile. Absolutely. And that was with the arrival of Jimmy Butler. Since then, they lost the first game with Jimmy Butler in it. They, they lost his debut, mm-hmm. but they have now won three in a row. They've looked good. They've looked good. Jimmy Butler has looked good. Jimmy Butler's out there making plays. Jimmy Butler is out there. You know, he's out there thwarting. Uh, Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker came in and dropped 60 on... Uh, and making game-winning buckets. Yeah. That but, was beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, However, on Tuesday, we were greeted with the news that the Sixers were temporarily shutting down Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz well, is... To be clear, mm-hmm. just, I don't mean to cut you off, mm-hmm. but... Markel Fultz is shutting himself yeah, down. Yeah, you know, okay, okay. Markel Fultz is shutting himself down. Tw- the 20 year old, second uh, year player has shut himself down. Markel Fultz is becoming a wart on a very nice Sixers hand. Correct. It's, 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 and I'm getting a little agitated with this, but let's, let's get into it. At the advisement of his attorneys. Yes. His lawyers are telling him this. Yes. When was the last time you were dealing with a, when was the last time you had a conversation or you read news about an athlete who was operating under the advisement of his legal team for an issue that did not involve the law? Usually when I hear of a player, uh, under the advisement of his lawyers, he's dealing with the lawsuit. It's not he's a dealing with the issue. yeah. He's 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 he he just got knocked. There's mm-hmm. somebody making a, a claim. There's an accusation. No, his lawyers told him to shut it down so he can see get a his specialist. Shoulder. He can see a specialist about his shoulder. That's mm-hmm. crazy to me. And my first thought is, why is the lawyer involved in this? Exactly. Why I've never heard this before. Unless we're, Mike, if you don't mind me asking, how old, real quick, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? Forty. You're forty years old. I am forty-two years old. We've watched a lot of basketball. Where are you from? I mean, where are you originally from? Originally from? Uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Okay, mm-hmm. good enough. Outside of Philly suburbs. Philly suburbs. That's cool. Mm-hmm. We right. We in, that, cool. You've been a Sixers fan your whole life. Absolutely. Been. Uh, you're forty. I'm forty-two. So that means we've been alive through Doc. Mm-hmm. We've been alive through Charles. Mm-hmm. We've been alive through AI. Mm-hmm. We've been alive through the Elton Brand, Drew Holiday, pre-processed Sixers, mm-hmm. and Iguodala. now Iguodala, and now we are here. 
do all those players have you ever have you ever been in a situation where you've heard a player not play because it, not play basketball because his lawyers told him not to play? Never, 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 never. And when I'm hearing this story, my mind starts running because I'm trying to think of plausible reasons why a lawyer would be involved and when i hear lawyer it always makes me think there may be some sort of pending litigation are you about to sue the sixers markel are you looking to sixers maybe a doctor maybe backwards hat guy what's his name the shooting coach uh, Drew Hanlon. Drew Hanlon. Yeah. So here's the thing. I'm not sure who he's looking to sue, but so, so Drew Hanlon said a couple of weeks ago, when people were still wondering why he's why his shooting is so sketchy, he said a he, comment that there was still an injury. Yeah, he mentioned that there's still an injury now. Or he, he tweeted that there was still yeah, an injury. Well, that's what people do now. At this point now, it's like, hey, if you say it on Twitter, it's as good as said. Mm-hmm. You know, now it, that's just the median people people use. So he tweeted that, hey, Markel was still was still hurt. Now, since he made that comment, Markel fired him. Mm-hmm. They don't rock no more. They're, they're not together anymore. They don't work together. But I think n- now you have to take a look at, I guess, the bigger picture. This is a team that has had a history of injuries surrounding young pieces. Mm-hmm. It started with Nerland's Noel. Now, yes, Nerland, they drafted Nerland. Hurt. He was hurt when they drafted him. He was hurt him. when they drafted him. Embiid was hurt when they drafted him. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, with Nerland, nonetheless, Embiid and Nerland's both came in and had mm-hmm. to sit. Had to sit. Ben Simmons had to sit. Marco Fultz started the season. Ended up sitting. After four or five games? Four or five games and sat for what? All but the last ten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now Z- Zaire Smith. Broken foot. Broken foot. Sitting. Ja missed some time. Ja missed time too. Yes, they had to shut Ja down. Mm-hmm. So as much as you want, you know, I know just the way this season has gone and – just the storyline of Markel Fultz, you kind of want you, you you want to put it on him. You want to say this is his problem, but I do think that there's some attention that needs to be paid to the Sixers. I don't know how much how much blame you can put on them, if any, but I do think it's like it should be noted. It's worth right. paying attention. Yeah, to. it's worth paying attention to. It's it, you know it's not something that you can just disregard. Now, look, man, I mean, honestly, with this whole thing, I'm starting to get to, like, Okafor status with this. And let me explain what I mean about this. I I was a firm card-carrying member of the hashtag free jaw <laughs> contingent. <laughs> so Not, you were of the belief that Okafor was actually an NBA player? I was, un, I was under... The impression, or I was, I was somebody who felt like, whether he's a player or not, if we're not going to play him, 
get him the heck off this team. Okay. Because I'm tired of looking at the third pick in the draft sitting at the end of the bench collecting DMP coaches' decisions. Okay. And I can see that. But do, I have to ask, do you think that Fultz and Okafor are similar situations? And I say that from the standpoint of now understanding they're both high draft picks that aren't producing the way we would like the way we would have hoped. But Okafor, when he was on the court, you would look at him and think he physically just doesn't have what mm. you need to compete at a high level in this league. That's not the issue with Fultz. That's, that's Fultz not the, has the physical ability to play at a high level. Mm -hmm. We've seen flashes of explosiveness, quickness, he, good ball handling. The he's ability. A, I mean, I think, honestly, he's an NBA, he's he's NBA talent, and he's a good kid. Mm -hmm. I think he, he, for the most part, has a good attitude. You don't see him on the sideline sulking. He's not out there, you know, tweeting stuff that necessarily gives you that you want to give a side eye to. Mm -hmm. he's, like, he's a kid. He's a kid. He tweets kid stuff. Correct. So, like, for me, but I guess, honestly, when I say that I'm at Okafor status, I'm like, okay, if this is going to drag, you, you need to crap and get off the pot with this kid. So you don't think that time could help the kid develop? I No, I, I think, honestly, if you're going to commit to that, then commit to that. Because I guess, honestly, when you look at the Sixers, mm -hmm. the Sixers are in a rare position where they can afford to be patient. Usually when you're a team and you're dealing with a struggling first-round pick, you're already a dumpster fire because usually when you get the number one pick in the draft, you're a bad team. You're a bad team. Mm -hmm. And the Sixers are in that rare position where they weren't a bad team. Mm -hmm. You know, they had a high draft pick, but they were coming off a 50-win season. So it's not like you necessarily need Markel Fultz to be a difference maker right now. So then why not wait on him? There. That's my question. That's, no, oh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm good. Because, give, me, give me a second. Let me, let me answer that. Okay. Okay? Because... My frustration with him, with this whole situation, is just like, look, man, this it's a yin and, yin and a yang. Where on one side, I'm like, oh, my God, every time I want to get happy about this team, there's a bad Markel Fultz story. They've won three in a row. They won three games in a row, and in at least two of those games that they've won, the, the, the probably the most watched highlight is a jerky Markel Fultz foul shot. <laughs> you know, it, it, that, mm. that's, you know, that's what I'm seeing. You know, it's like that's the lead story and not the Sixers winning. And I guess for me, it's like I just want some, something to be done. I don't, I'm not ready to trade him. I believe I can be patient with him. Okay. I personally can be patient with him. Although I admit that you know, and if you want to call this, if you want to call this waffling, fine. <laughs> if you want to call it flip flopping, fine. Oh well, we we all know you're comfortable with that. I, so. And whatever, I can do it. 
Exactly. Most most people. Here's the thing: people flip flop all the time. They act like they don't flip flop all the time. Me, I can admit it. It's whatever. You know. It's, how about this? I'll stop flip flopping when people start paying me. All right. <laughs> When you pay me to be decisive, when you pay me to have a take, I will make a take and I will stick to that take. All right, everybody out there, we need the check. Somebody exactly. cut the check. Yeah, you know, when I set that Patreon account up <laughs> and I can start getting money for best in the world, you know, somebody want to start sponsoring this, you know, if they want to start breaking off some bread, I will have more definitive takes. But right now, I'm somebody that can say, you know what, I'm so sick and tired of these Markel Fultz stories. But if I got to wait, I can wait. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I'd rather not be dealing with them. But if we're going, if if we are going to, if if we're going to commit to him, then commit to him. I'm, I've moved on from hashtag free jaw. I was honestly on hashtag let the kid play. Let him work out his problems. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the, I don't necessarily like. I don't necessarily think he need. Let him figure it out. But now you have these problems. Now it's it looks like it has the potential of getting ugly. We're talking about law. Law- you know, lawyers are involved. You know, a- specialists are needed. Mm-hmm. One person saying he's hurt. He's saying he's not hurt. Now you want to see a specialist? Are you hurt or are you not hurt? Are you hurt or are you injured? Are you injured? Are you hurt? Well, from my perspective, I would think that with everything that's been going on, if the kid were still in pain, it is a good thing to shut it down. Mm. But I also think that if the kid's still in pain, he should have said something about that a while ago. Yeah. Because the shoulder's not a new issue. No, it's not. It's, it's not a new issue. But I guess I think that's part of Markel being a kid. And you're 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 now a second year player essentially playing as a rookie because you played in what 14 games mm-hmm. as a rookie. Whether he whether he pays attention or not you you know he hears the talking. Absolutely. You know he hears it. The level of effect it has on him, that's up for debate. But you know he hears it. And there's got to, I think, every athlete, no matter what level you play, there's a desire to prove a doubter wrong. Absolutely. You know, somebody like, you know, you play, you play college ball, you coach college ball. If someone doubts your ability, you want to prove that person wrong. You want to win, and you want to prove that person wrong. You want to prove that person wrong by winning. The team is winning. This is a winning team. Mm -hmm. A winning team that he is a non-factor on, and he was the number one pick in the draft. That's got, you know, I, I think that plays a part. You know, I think it plays a part in the sense that there are so many question marks surrounding his injury, what you know, or whatever. And it's like, look, man, I just want to get on the court and play. In the end, that's all you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. So 
if you're having these issues and you know that there that there are these question marks, isn't it understandable why he's not you know, why he might not have said anything? Not if it's a real injury. Mm-hmm. If he's hurt, it's understandable. If he's injured, it's not. Have you ever been in a situation as a player, have you ever been in a situation where an injury was more serious than you thought it was? You personally. Yes. Like where you think, all right, you might you think that you might have tweaked something or you might mm-hmm. have sprained something or something was sore and then, you know, like And then yeah, it ends up being worse than what you expected. Yes. Do you I've think been this is what before. it is? Do you think I mean Could that be it? I guess that's a possibility. But considering the extent of evaluation and time missed that he underwent throughout all of last season, I I don't personally get the feeling that the shoulder is just something that went missed or was worse than he thought it was. Mm-hmm. Honestly, with him actually having been back on the court since last season, had a full off season and lots of time in between to work out, train, deal with whatever issues, spent all summer, I'm guessing, shooting probably close to a 1,000 shots a day with a shooting coach. If you have shoulder issues, it's going to show up before now. So at this point, the idea that it's worse than he thought it was, possible, but in my opinion, unlikely. So what do you think it is? I mean, and like now, because now we're speculating. Oh, we're speculating. It's like now this is all like we're because there's a lot of questions, not a lot of answers. And when you're in situations like that, you want to come up with the answers yourself. Mm-hmm. So in your opinion, what is what is going on here? If I had to guess, yeah, which you, is which is all I'm doing. Yeah, it's all you can do. It's mental. It's something in his head where whatever it was that affected him. The real issue is confidence rather than physical ability. And confidence is a far, I don't want to say harder problem to fix, but it's a bigger problem to have. Because as long as you are suffering from a confidence issue, there's nothing you can do. We've talked about the type of player that, excuse me, the type of coach Brett Brown is. Mm-hmm. He's a player development coach. Correct. This might be the biggest task that he's ever had to deal with well, at any level of his coaching. You know, and I feel like there's so many layers to this. There's so many factors involved in this, and there's just not a lot of time to really deal with it you know he has to nip this in the bud he has to try and address this because the next question is going to be he's on his rookie deal Mm -hmm. you know do you tender that extent you know do you tender that extension well fortunately you've got the rest of this season 
plus two more mm-hmm. before you have to make that decision. Yeah. Now, if you if in two and a half years we're still having the same conversations about faults, that's an easy decision to make. Of course, you don't extend them. However, in two years, he also has a chance to turn into a player. Two years is a long time. So, fortunately for the Sixers, they don't actually have to start thinking about do we extend him or not at this point. You, They may want to consider interesting trade conversations. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many of them would actually be out there right now considering that Fultz's value is probably at an all-time low. But the contract situation, that is likely the furthest thing from Elton Brand's mind at this point. Mm-hmm. Elton's like, look, man, I ain't signed up for this. I was, uh, I was just trying to sit on the sidelines, wear these nice suits, you know, get on camera every now and then. Now I got a, I got a rookie with a, you know, I don't even know what's in his head. <laughs> Poor Elton, mm-hmm. but he's getting paid nice though, so he'll he'll figure it out. I, I I just don't know, you know. It's to me, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because this isn't what we should be talking about right now. You know, Sixers are turning it around, turning it around. They're playing better basketball, and they have a strong nucleus. If anything, we should be talking about who they're going, you know, who's going to play the four for them. Mm-hmm. Who, and not Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Just in case you thought we were going to go on that, if you want to hear about why <laughs> the Sixers shouldn't draft Carmelo Anthony, make sure you check out one on one with MJ. But this whole this whole thing, I I just I want it dealt with. You know, if you're going to put him on the trade block, if you're saying, hey, you know what, he's just not going to figure it out here, then do it. If you're going to commit to him, then commit to him. Because honestly, we've seen, we've now seen the pinnacle of what can happen when you're patient. Mm -hmm. They were patient with Joel Embiid. My good friend, Vince Villani, Who's been on? Who hosted this show for three, four years? Famously called Joel Embiid Greg Oden 2.0. <laughs> Said, "Hey man, there was no chance that Joel Embiid was ever going to play. That was a wasted pick. Hopefully, Dario will end up being good because that's all we got to show for that draft." <laughs> now, Joel Embiid is not only the best pick in that draft. By far the best by pick. far the best pick in that draft. He, you know, you're legitimately having MVP conversations about him. This is not just, and that's not just fan ish. No, that's I understand. Is this that's know, a this real is, that's yeah, a real conversation? That's a real right conversation now. that Joel Embiid is playing at like one MVP of the level. at an MVP level at one of the best. You you want to talk about five best players in the league? Is Joel Embiid one of them? Five best players. Five best. Five best players in the league right now. Who's your Who's your top five? 
I have to really sit down and talk about, think about it. Okay, but, well, I mean, just but real it's quick. Not, but, but it's not outlandish to say Embiid's in the it, conversation. In the conversation. You know, of course, you got your LeBron, your Paul George. Mm-hmm. KD. Your, your KD. Curry, mate. Curry. Curry, Curry Harden. But Embiid's right there in the conversation yeah, yeah, in with the conversation. these guys. He's in the conversation. You would, you would never have gotten into that conversation had you not been patient. And that's not to say I'm not out here proclaiming that Markel Fultz will have the impact on the game that Joel Embiid is having now. But I feel like if we're going to commit to him, commit to him. Come out and say, hey, we're going to help him see this thing through. We're not interested in trading Markel Fultz unless somebody just knocks, you know, unless there's just – a can't miss trade opportunity, and at this point, just like you said, his value is low. So the odds of that trade, you know, coming up, not likely. Not likely. So at this point, say it. Elton Brand needs to come out there in one of them nice suits with all the designs and the. Uh, God, I can't do. Uh, I I can't do stripes suits and, and pinstripes. I can do pinstripes, but I can't do pattern shirts. With pinstripes, I got to do solid. One something's got to be solid. I envy people who can pull that off. I cannot, but that's 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 for a whole another podcast. <laughs> uh, you got to find a good suit guy. I, I I do. I I just I don't like the way I look in them. Like I like I can wear a pinstripe suit, mm-hmm. but I'm wearing a solid colored shirt. And if I wear a solid colored shirt, then I wear you know a tie with designs. But like my brother, he's so good at it. He's really good at. You know, matching patterns, and I can't do it. I'm so envious of him. <laughs> I look at him in suits, and I'm like, you know, he's my little brother. So there's very few reasons for an older brother to be jealous of their little brother, mm-hmm. but my little brother does it, and he, he's good at it. I can't do that. I suck at it so bad. But nonetheless, <laughs> Elton Brand needs to come out in his nice suits and say, "Hey, man, we're committed to Markel Fultz. Not getting rid of Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz is here to stay." At some point in time, Markel Fultz will push J.J. Reddick back to the uh, to the bench because, quite frankly, J.J. Reddick, you know, I like what he brings. understand what he brings to that starting lineup. But J.J. Reddick should not be keeping the number one draft pick on the bench. Well, I agree with you. Theor- <laughs> wait, wait. Theoretically. <laughs> theoretically. Oh, I just passed that one. That, that was me passing. Did you just say you agree with me? Theoretically. Okay. But there was a time in the NBA when first-round draft picks often didn't play at all, much less not start. But not – yes, okay. But and not necessarily number one picks, though. Include even number one, some number one picks. And the reason for that is that talented or not, most of these kids aren't ready. And we are in a time now where people like instant gratification, instant payoff. So you're often forced to draft kids that aren't ready, start kids that aren't ready because of things like potential and upside. And then once you're invested in them, you have to. Because you invested how however many resources into this kid. But for the sheer sake of development and readiness, it's often better to let the kid wait. 
So the idea that Fultz spent some time sitting behind J.J. Reddick, it's not the worst thing to me. No, not not the worst thing to me, but I think, I think there needs to be a clear path towards where you want him to be. I believe at some point it should be expected that you're going to move J.J. Reddick back to the bench. At some point. you know, I don't necessarily think that should be this year, though. Time will tell. Time will tell. But I, I feel like with, with Fultz, with Fultz and necessary and more specifically with, once again, I'm using the big air quotes here because this is podcast and not <laughs> television. But with the process, one thing that has been constant throughout the process has been projects. And as there have been front office turnover throughout the process. Mm-hmm. There's not, there hasn't been necessarily the need or I should say the desire to fulfill the last man's project hasn't been there. I feel like with Embiid, Embiid was that talent that transcended. Absolutely. Embiid is that going, it was like, okay, that's the guy I'm going to see this through. Nerlens Noel was a project. MCW was a project. Those were Hanky's projects. Hanky's the one that moved them both out, though. I think Hanky was the one who moved them both out, but it's like, I guess, what do I want to say here? The desire, I guess, for Hanky to to move forward, whatever, Mm -hmm. but the fact of the matter is like, look, the patience wasn't there. Now, Fultz is a new project, but Fultz was Colangelo's project. Mm-hmm. And now that there's a new regime, do they have do will they have the patience to see Brian Colangelo's project through? Because it seems like, you know, we're, we're trying to move away from what he brought to this team. We're trying to move away from the Colangelo chapter of the progress, the process. Well, I don't know how much Colangelo actually brought to this team to begin with. Mm. Why is that? What did he do besides draft Ben Simmons? And Ben Simmons was a clear-cut number one pick. Did he draft Markel Fultz with a pick that he already had? Was that he drafted Markel Fultz? Yeah, that, that Fultz is his guy. Fultz is his guy when Tatum was still on the board, when Lonzo was still on the board. Mm-hmm. That's his guy. He traded up to get him. So, exactly. That's so why I, I don't know how much he added to the team. That well, sounds no. more like subtraction. Okay. But, uh, my point my point being is the jury is still out on how much Fultz adds to the team, but this was Colangelo's guy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So now that you have a new general manager in place, mm-hmm. the pay, you know, Fultz, as talented as Fultz appears to be and the potential that he has, he doesn't have Embiid-type potential. Or at least you don't see it yet. You don't see it yet. 
faults physically, and I'm on record as having said I did not want faults before the draft. Mm -hmm. But physically, he has all the ability to be a high-level NBA player. Mm -hmm. It's mentally... His decision-making, his mental toughness, those type of things that are in question at this point. But Fultz's physical ability is absolutely fitting of a number one pick in the NBA, especially as a point guard. He 6'4", quick, explosive, long arms, good ball handler, doesn't turn it over, get wherever he want on the court. He has the talent to be a high-level NBA point guard. Whether or not he'll get there is a different conversation. Very different, very different, very different. Well, look, we want to we know what you guys think of this whole Markel Fultz situation. Hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at any time, at BITW Sports. Once again, that is at BITW Sports. Hey, look, we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk about we're going to go from the bad to the downright disgusting. Mm. If you would have saw, if you could see how my man Mike Jones's face just dropped because he knows where we're going to go. He knows where, where we're going with this because we have to go there. We have to go there. We have to go there. We're going to come right back. And we're going to talk about the Eagles and if you want to call it a game, if you want to call it a contest, you whatever they did on Sunday because it surely wasn't playing football. All right, we're going to talk about that when we come back on Best in the World. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. You are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams. Go to totalsportslive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go! Oh, come on. (laughs) This is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports and we are back on Best in the World Sports Report. John Brown and my partner in crime, Mr. Mike Jones. <sighs> exactly, my friend. Um, if, if you're familiar with Best in the World Sports Report, there was a segment we used to do last year where we would present somebody with an award. The award was called the Sit Your Ass Down Award. Because sometimes you just need to tell somebody that. 
Sometimes people just get in their feelings and they want to say something. They make a comment. They make a statement. They're out here in the Twitter, as me and Jovan like to say, they're out here in these Twitter streets <laughs> talking greasy. And a lot of times I feel like you want to say that to, you just want to say that to like Philly fans sometimes. And I say that being one, being a lifetime Philly fan. There are narratives within this city that are always prevalent. Mm -hmm. That no matter what happens, no matter what team you're dealing with, no matter what the situation, it seems like you always have to deal with certain narratives within the Philly fan base. When it comes to the Eagles, one one narrative that we have never been able to shake is the notion that there is not a player more popular in this city than the backup quarterback. (laughs) That no matter what is going on with the Eagles, no matter whose fault it is, no matter what the problem is specifically, Mm -hmm. that problem, there are people in this city who feel like that problem, no matter what it is, can be solved with the quarterback change. That's true. There are people that feel that way. I say this because I was arguing with a good friend of mine, very good friend of mine. I'm not going to put his name out there, but if he's listening, he knows who he is. He's probably not listening, so I'm going to cook him today on the show regardless. (laughs) But I had made a Facebook post basically calling out the bench wench, bench wench, bench Wentz mm-hmm. contingent because there are people saying, "Hey, man, we should we should be playing Nick Foles." Why? Exactly. What exactly do people expect Nick Foles to do when your top two running backs are gone? Yep. Your offensive line is banged up. Exactly. Your receiving core is banged up. You're speaking truth. Your defense is banged up. You're not lying. What are you expecting Nick Foles to do? And I'm a, I'm a Foles supporter. I know, I, I know you are. And, 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 I know you, I know you are. But no one else, I know you are. This is not me saying you should start Foles over Wentz. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm rational. No, I understand, and I, I respect that about you. See, see, let me let, let me explain to you what that is. That's fan ish right there. That's fan ish. That's that is the bad. That is the negative of fan ish. Now, I speak fanish all the time on this show. Mm-hmm. I speak good fanish though. You know, the stuff you can get behind. But this is a narrative. I mean, every every question that you asked is a question. I'm like, exactly when you look at that game, when you look at Sunday's game, 48 to 7, you put Nick Foles in. Know what's going to happen? The Eagles are going to lose 48 to 7. Absolutely. Carson Wentz played the worst game of, of his, his life. Of his career. Of his life, Nick Foles wasn't going to do any better. Now, I understand. Now, look, I've hated on Nick Foles for years. I admit it. I've never run from it. <laughs> I am not a Nick Foles fan. I'm a Nick, I am tolerant of Nick Foles because at this point, he's a Super Bowl MVP. Ain't too much <laughs> you can say to hate on Nick Foles. I understand. That's just a, that, that is an L I I graciously take mm-hmm. you know I, 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 I understand that there's this debates I just won't win 
However, you got to be a realist when you real. Nick Foles ain't changing this. Nick Foles was probably sitting on the sideline with his little baseball cap on like, you know what, Doug? Doug, I'm good. I, I don't want this smoke. Can I play devil's advocate for a second? Sure, go ahead. Now, I, before I begin, I will give you the disclaimer. Anytime you hear me say, let me play devil's advocate, uh-huh. or for that matter, anytime I say, can I ask you a question? Yes. Assume it's just a question that follows. Okay. Do not assume I'm, I'm taking a position on either side. Duly noted. Duly now, noted. That being said, here's my question. We understand that confidence and consistency are important things in sports. Do you think that there was a disruption of consistency or confidence when you switch back to Wentz from the quarterback who went on that epic run and won you a Super Bowl? No. And then started this season as well? No. I I think that – I feel like this – was the di- the dynamic between Foles and Wentz and this team and Wentz and Foles was unprecedented. Whereas I think the distractions or the change in philosophy, the change in confidence that you you are you are not wrong in questioning mm-hmm. when a change like this is made. But I think honestly, when you look at when you look at the level of play and where this team was at when Carson Wentz got hurt, mm-hmm. Carson Wentz goes down. Team is eleven and two. Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate, probably so, the leading candidate. Probably the leading candidate. So it's not like he got hurt while they were struggling. Okay. Had, had Carson had they had the Eagles been struggling, Carson Wentz get hurt. And then Nick Foles gets them on a roll that lead that ends in the Super Bowl. Then the scenario that you laid out was a little bit more realistic, where it's like, okay, you had a guy that you you know you had a team that got on a roll, won it all, and now you're going back to the former quarterback. This is a roll. The team was on a roll, and it unequivocally started with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz got them on this roll. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles, yes, Nick Foles pushed the, you know, got them there. Now but, can I, have a, I have a question. Okay. Now, I, and I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying, mm-hmm. but as I talk about consistency as well, with the lack of off-season, mini camps, training camps, preseason, et cetera, and went still being a young quarterback, do you think that lack of consistency may have had an effect? Because one thing that was noticeable in Wentz's first couple games back especially, he seemed to be targeting Ertz and Jeffrey almost exclusively. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you watched Wentz last year, he, he, there, there, the ball. he just, there was a comfort level with all of his receivers mm-hmm. where he just spread the ball around to whoever was open. I th- I, I'll, I'll put it to you. I'll put it like this. <laughs> I think that Carson, I think when you have a quarterback playing at the level that Carson Wentz was playing at, as a young coach, 
you tend to put a lot of stock in that. Mm-hmm. You saw the maturity in his game, and you kind of depend on that. And you get away from necessarily doing, taking the steps that you need to develop. Because even, as good as Carson Wentz was playing, and at the level that he was playing, he's still a, he's still a young quarterback. He's still in year three. And I think right or wrong, Carson probably came into this season with a lot of pressure on himself to lead this offense. Mm -hmm. And it seems like Doug and Howie didn't do enough to help alleviate that. Whereas you see Carson forcing things and making poor decisions. Whereas you would, he still needs, he still needs a running game to alleviate that pressure. And I think he misses it. And without that running game, I think it seems like Carson puts the pressure on himself to carry this offense. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, as a coaching staff and as a front office, you got to take that out of his hands. Because Carson's always going to believe that he can do that. Carson has that confidence in himself and that belief in himself that he can help get this team over the hump. And it's like, you know, sometimes you just got you got to take that decision from him. Do you want to? I think you have to. I think you have to in the in the development of your quarterback saying, "Hey, you know what? Let let me show you that you have a team that, you know, a team a team that doesn't need you to do everything every week." And I don't know if he necessarily has that team around him <sighs> and he has a team good enough that when he looks like whether they say it or not, like, hey, man, you got to, you know, you got to let your teammates do this. You know, you got to trust these guys. And then he looks across the room and he's like, um, nah, dude. Now, by all accounts, within the next year or so, people are expecting Carson Wentz to break the bank. That absolutely leaves you in a situation where you need a guy who can carry a team. So, with that being the case, do you think it's good or bad that Carson has that tendency in him? I think it's... Because it's coming very soon where... It's coming very soon, but I think it's almost like uh, like Howie... Howie Rosen is painting himself into a corner, whereas... The fact that you have to, the fact that you have to, uh, I guess, you are going to have to basically back that truck up Mm -hmm. for Carson. That takes away whether or not you're going to have, that's going to take away the ability to sign free agents and to bring in big name free agents. So if you're not going to bring in big name free agents, how are you going to surround him with talent? You got to draft him. You got to draft him. 
And that's where that's where the pressure is. And that's going to be, you know, the true test. Because you have you found your quarterback. You found your quarterback of the future. And just the way the business of the NFL is, you gotta pay him. He ain't gonna be handing out no hometown discounts. He better not be, be handed out no. If if anything, he took one look at Alex Smith this past week and realized why he's not going to be handing out any hometown discounts. Mm-hmm. So, if paying Carson Wentz takes big name free agents off the table, how he's got to draft guys, and you know, the jury is still out on Howie Roseman draft picks. Uh-huh. Derek Barnett was was a stud. Sidney Jones can't stay healthy, but looks like he could be solid if, if he ever stays. If he can stay on, if the, he field. Can stay on the field. Mm-hmm. Looked at Jordan Hicks. Was Jordan Hicks a uh, was Jordan Hicks a chip guy or is that a Howie guy? Jordan Hicks was, I believe, he's a Howie guy. Okay. Nice late round pick. Still can't stay on the field though. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's the question. So if you ask me, do I have a lot of faith, you know, I got to give you a firm I don't know because I waffle like that. That's what I do. On that one, I don't even know if that's on you because while you draft Derek Barnett and Jordan Hicks, you also draft Danelle Pumphrey mm-hmm. in the fourth round. Yep. Where is he now? Uh, oh, Pep Boys. Getty. Somewhere like that. Super fresh. You know, that's <laughs> bottom line. Like, I don't know where he is. But that's just and, – and you have a team that need, at this point needs a running back. Absolutely. A team that needs a running back, and you're sitting there not even sure if Wendell Smallwood belongs in the league. Corey Clement, you know, emphatically proclaimed that we didn't need to bring in another running back and what has Corey, Corey Clement done the last month? Nothing, but he's another guy who's banged up. Exactly. Okay. It's way too many question marks. Way too many question marks, and you're looking down. You're you're looking at having to pay your quarterback at some point in time. So right now, it's like their work is cut out for them. Absolutely. Quite. The question is, though, is it something that is going to – okay. How, can I uh, – do you see it as being a situation where a rebuild is required? Rebuild? No. No, not yet. But I feel like at this point, I think – they're still at retool. Okay. At, at the retool point. However, it's got to be a good retooling. Because I'm I'm looking at it and your best old lineman is aging out, mm-hmm. or I shouldn't say your best because he's no longer your yeah. best old lineman. Yeah. But no, I'll, I'll put it to you like stu- this: your, your stud be- left tackle 
is aging out. Well, I, I think he's aged out. I, I think at this point now, it's like you're looking at both your tackles. I feel like when I look at aging out, I'm looking at Lane Johnson. He's aging out. I just look at Jason Peters at this point being as close to done as, as you can be. Okay. It's like he's on the plate and the fork is right there next to him. All you got to do is pick it up and stick it in him. You know, and that pains me to say because Jason Jason Peters has been a horse. But other than, you know, you, you look at those two tackles and they're question marks. At this point, once again, you're back to asking question marks well, about Jason Kelsey. Well, if you're saying that Jason Peters is – if you're saying Jason Peters is done and we are at already at a point where – we're considering Lane Johnson to be aging out, then you need to rebuild your O-line. Okay. You definitely need to rebuild the running back position. And your secondary, Malcolm Jenkins isn't young anymore. McLeod is not young anymore, and his contract will be up soon. And your cornerback situation, Darby's hurt for the year and a free agent. Jalen Mills is Jalen Mills. Sidney Jones is, well, he appears to be talented, but can't, stay on, can't stay on the field. And even if he can, you've got him and Avante Maddox. Is cor- hmm. This sounds like a rebuild to me. I th- I'm not there yet. But it's not off the table. I think you, I think... You have to, I think you have to have a heck of a draft this year. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to you, you have to be, you have to be able I think the difference between the 2018 offseason and the 2017 offseason was that you hit home runs on almost every free agent you brought in. Chris Long, mm-hmm. uh Patrick Robinson, Patrick Larry Robinson, Garrett Blunt. You know, Tory Smith. All every last one, of, just about every last one of them. Hey, and you can't say that this year, unfortunately. That just hasn't been the case. Mike Wallace, done for the year. Done for the way. year. You know, Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett, who's been serviceable, not necessarily great. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't played poorly. Haloti Nada can't stay on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just it, it it hasn't been the same. But I think you have you have to have you might not be able to do what you did in 2017. That might not be possible. And but you have to be able, I, I you have to find a, a a a medium because I feel like if two thousand if two thousand 17. If the 2017 uh, offseason was a home run, 2018 was a strikeout. And you you need to at least be, you need a base hit at least. You need to start with a base hit, maybe at least get a double. Triple would be real nice. But you at least need a hit. You can't strike out. That's, that's where we are. That's the question. So, 
we talked about, you know, we talked on one-on-one with MJ. Mm-hmm. You would ask me, was it time to have a funeral? Was it time to start making those funeral arrangements for our Eagles? For the current season. For the current season. We will take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about that as we wrap up the Thanksgiving Day weekend, the Thanksgiving week edition of the Best in the World Sports Report. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. You are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams. Go to totalsportslive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know totalsportslive.com. I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip! Me over it. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports There's still football to be played, you guys. There's still a couple more weeks of football to be played. And unlike a lot of fans in this city who are ready to throw in the towel, who are ready to quit, who are ready to focus on maybe Villanova basketball, even though they had a real nasty loss uh, last week, who might be ready to, you know, whether it's Temple basketball, whether, you know, maybe the bowl season, Penn State getting to a bowl, Temple getting to a bowl. They're looking at other things. Sunday was a good day. Sunday Sunday night was a good night to watch wrestling. <laughs> All right, you you were you know it, it was. I, I needed a distraction because I didn't want to watch Sunday night. Football. I told you I don't like to watch football after the Eagles lose. You did tell me that. I don't, and it's like when you when you uh, when you play that four o'clock game and you lose the four o'clock game and there's one game left. Unless I have like a rooting interest, I'm, I'm you know I'm good. No, no, thank you. I don't want to. I, I don't want to share. I don't want to partake in other people's joy when I feel so bad. So when there's a Sunday night game and it's like you know my team lost, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to celebrate with your fan base if you're not an Eagles fan. Football sucks at this point. When the Eagles lose, I'm just like, yo, football is stupid. I, I don't want to watch football. Anymore. I don't want to football anymore. It's time to find out what else is on. And that's where I was. But I'm back, and the Eagles have to they have to figure it out. The question is, can they? This Sunday, they have the Giants. And this is where we are with this season. Understand something. That we've talked about all season long that the Giants are trash. Giants are worse than trash. Giants are below trash. However, 
If we lose to the Giants on Sunday, we will have the same record as the Giants. Mm-hmm. So as bad as we say the Giants are, we are right. If we lose on Sunday, right there with we're them. right there with them. And that puts everything we've said about the Giants into perspective. That adds context to everything we have said about the Giants. Because you look at the Giants and you're like, that's just not a good football team. Yeah, they got Eli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got OBJ. <laughs> but yeah, they got Saquon Barkley. I'm struggling still fighting the demons inside of me that are telling me to hate him because he's a New York Giant. But there's a part, you know, there's a little silver lining in my heart that says, hey, man, you loved him at Penn State. You can't hate him. But it, you know, it could happen. But did you none see of- what Saquon did the last game? Monster game. I know. Like I, I said, he'll be just good enough to keep the Giants mediocre. I understand. Look, I, I, you should root for Saquon. You should definitely root for Saquon to be great enough to keep the Giants mediocre. Because if they stay actually bad, then they might end up drafting a good I, quarterback. I can't. I can't. I, 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 everything you're saying right now. And I hate to sound so whiny because I'm a grown man, but look, man, dude, I can't cheer. I can't. I, I can't. I'm not saying cheer for the Giants. He's a it's, giant. But actually, by by hoping for Saquon's success, you're rooting against the Giants. Because the better Saquon it, does, it, the more mediocre that team will remain. It makes sense. It's well, next level saying, thinking. It, it is. I don't want to be on the next level. <laughs> I just want to hate the Giants, and I, 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 I understand. I, I can't make that separation right now. I can't, especially with my team being so, doing so poorly. Maybe if I was, if the Eagles were winning, mm-hmm. I could be open to that kind of next level thinking. I could appreciate it more if my squad was winning, but they're not. So I just don't want to. I don't want to be happy for anybody. I want everybody's. Team. I want, I wish everyone could lose. I need everyone to feel my pain. I want y'all to. I want y'all to hurt like I'm hurting. Do you realize that in pro sports, mm-hmm. mediocrity is worse than being trash? Yeah, but it's also it's worse. to me. It's also one and the same, though. It's it's one and the same. Mediocre mediocrity is a place in pro sports that it's like purgatory where you just get stuck there and you can't go anywhere when you really really stink unless you're the browns we expect you to be on the way up in a couple years true true i, I, I hear what you're saying like think about what the sixers did mm. they were stuck in mediocrity for years and years and we hated every minute of it mm. They were just good enough to be competitive, but you knew they weren't good enough to win. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of an empty feeling. Okay. When you got into the process where they just flat out stunk, they stunk, and you knew they stunk, and it was hard to watch. But at that point, you started gaining hope because you start to pick high, pl- high draft picks and mm-hmm. high-end talent. The same is essentially effectively true for football like 
look at, for example, look at the Cowboys right now. As good as Ezekiel Elliott is, when's the next time you think they'll have a top three, top four pick to get a quarterback? I don't know. And honestly, means I, I, and honestly, I, I'm not even sure. I'm I'm not even sure that their ownership would even, you know, would even want that. I think they still believe. Oh, but they Jerry, still believe. Jo- Jerry Jones is craziness aside. Mm. Even if he wanted a high-end quarterback, you're not likely to be in position to draft one. Mm. They're going to be floating around, like they are right now at five and five. They'll be floating around that level for the next several years. Mm. And that's essentially what I expect to see from the Giants as well. Okay. Well, look, I mean, I, I, I understand. But nonetheless, Giants got a game on Sunday against our Eagles. Mm-hmm. <sighs> game two in their two-game series this season. Mm-hmm. We saw what happened the first time. But what do you believe? I should just let me just flat out ask. Let me just come out and ask. Do you believe what the Eagles did in that first game can be duplicated against the Giants? Yes. Okay. The Giants are not a good football team right now. Not a good football team, but right now they're just a game behind our team. I didn't say the Eagles were a good football team. No. But the question was, can the Eagles duplicate what they did against the Giants? And you think they can? I think they can. Now, if they were up against a team that were more formidable, my feelings would be different. But against the Giants, who have just as many, if not more, things working against them than the Eagles do, and the quarterback who, whether or not we think he's done, is clearly beyond his prime, you've got a star wide receiver who's temperamental at best and when things aren't going his way he can definitely get a little emotional Mm -hmm. to say it nicely and Mm -hmm. that team is just not in a situation where I think they are capable of truly going on any kind of run Mm -hmm. They'll win a game here and a game there, but you want consecutive wins from that team? Simply because it's them, I'd be betting against them no matter who they play this week. Mm. So, Eagles have the Giants this week at home. Mm-hmm. Redskins come to town. Then they go play the Cowboys before they take on the Rams and the Texans. So, so you have three straight division games. Three straight division games. Three games Rams on Texans. Three games that are on on paper, in theory, or whatever you want to call it. Winnable. They're winnable games. None of them are a lock. No. The but Giants game should be a lock. Should be. The Cowboys and Redskins. Those are winnable games. Mm-hmm. Especially the Redskins with their quarterback situation at this point. Mm-hmm. They brought in Mark Sanchez. Yeah. That's – Yeah. I'm not going to make any more elaborations about they brought that. In Mark they brought Sanchez. in Mark Sanchez. They, they brought in Mark Sanchez, Sanchez to back up Colt McCoy. And I have to be completely honest with you. Before Sunday, I didn't even know Colt McCoy was still in the league. I'm not sure he should still be in the league. I, I Although, so honestly – he didn't look terrible when he came in the game. Didn't Sunday. look terrible, but who were they playing? 
who did they play Sunday? Um, I'm trying to remember because who hurt? Doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter. Tampa, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, and your boy Fitz Magic, who's garbage. Fitz Magic is garbage. You can admit it now. It's, it's like, look, man, I'm, I'm not comparing him to uh, to Winston. If Winston is garbage, that just means Fitzmagic is better than garbage. But nonetheless, three winnable games. Three winnable games. And finally, maybe an, a, a, a last-ditch opportunity for some get-right. I don't know if it's coming. I don't know if this team can get right. But we got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. All right? So what, what is your prediction? Uh, you know what? I'm going to predict an eagle win. I'm going to say 22. 22 to 22-13. Eagles. 22-13. Relatively low scores. Score. I don't think this unfortunately I don't think this team is going to put a whole bunch of points on there. But that also means that the defense is playing at a relatively high high level. Yeah. I I, I I just don't think I don't think this I don't think this Giants offense will be good enough to exploit them like other teams if, if could exploit. What? What is it about the current currently constructed Eagles defense that makes you think they can contain anyone? I don't think it's necessarily about them containing the Giants. As it is, the Giants just not going to. I just don't think the Giants are going to be able to. They to just have their way with them. I, I mean, the Giants are actually still putting out players who made NFL rosters. The Eagles aren't in this. The Eagles secondary is not, not made up of guys who actually made an NFL roster. No, no. it's made up of guys who, who were at the grocery store last week. No, but I still believe that. I still believe that they have a front four. That hopefully that should they have a front four going up against what is still a depleted offense uh offensive line of the Giants that hopefully can make some sort of just make it some a semblance of uncomf of an uncomfortable day for Eli Manning. Well, Sammy. Timmy Jernigan was activated this week. That, that's good news. We take it Assuming as it comes. Assuming he can produce. We'll take it as it comes. It's been comes. a long time. It has been, been a long, long time, time since he played. It's been a real long time. A real long time. I don't know. So what, what, what? give me your prediction. In the end, give me your prediction. My prediction, by the time this game is over, we all feel like everyone lost. That's my prediction. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means, but I feel like that's the bo- you know what that's going to be the moment that 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 should be how we end this show. I, I don't I, I don't know what that means, but you know what I could very well feel I could it could that could very well make all the sense in the world after the game. After the game, I just feel like hey man, we won but we lost. Exactly. I don't know. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the best of the world sports report. Hope you've had a great. I hope you're having a great Thanksgiving week. Hope you ate a lot of turkey. 
Tell us what you think of today's show. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports. Remember, you can download this podcast by going to soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports, or you can go to Apple Podcasts on iTunes and search Best in the World Sports Report. Remember to check out my man, Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones on one on one with MJ. Mike said he might he he might change the name of the show to the John Brown show. Or not. Or or not. But we, we can dis we'll, we'll agree we'll, to disagree on that one. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. Big changes coming to that. And hey man, look, let's just hope for, you know, some I, I hope next week we're doing just a show of of all positivity. You know, that that's I just need I need I need a week of positivity. <laughs> That's what I need. I need, I need, uh, I, I, I need number one draft picks in the league to not have shoulder problems and not have the yips and not hitch when they shoot foul shots. I need my Eagles to win win something and to not suck. And let's hope for a zero zero tie for on Thanksgiving between the uh, the Redskins and the Cowboys. Probably not, but you know let's. let's we need something to happen, all right? I need I need positivity, and hopefully I will get that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Just one one more reminder. Every Saturday morning, phillygoflow.com. What time? 8 a.m. 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Following the Reggae Sunrise show preceding early morning 80s. Sounds like a good morning. That, that is a good morning. So you get your dreadlock music. And then you get your Jerry Curl music, and then in between, get John Brown and Mike Jones. John Brown and Mike Jones. Mike Jones and John Brown. To start your morning, 8 a.m., phillygoflow.com. Yo, phillygoflow.com. Uh, on Thursday, they give thanks to the old school. Mm. Thursday, if you're, li- if, you're, if you're listening to this show before Thanksgiving, phillygoflow.com doing nothing but old school hip hop for Thursday starting at 5 a.m. That sounds like fun. Yeah, oh yeah, it's like Run DMC, Curtis Blow, Public Enemy, Salt and Pepper, all that stuff. We even go with Nucleus, Sugar Hill Gang, Africa Bambata, Melly Mel, all those groups with numbers in it. Treacherous 3, Funky 4 plus one more. Grandmaster Flash of the Furious Five, all those, all those groups with numbers in it. Mm, okay. And then, then you know, all the boys group, the Fat Boys, the Beastie Boys, all of them. That's Thanksgiving Day. If you're listening to this on Philly Go Flow on Saturday, you missed it, but it was dope. You should have listened. All right. <laughs> anyway, yo, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. And God, I, we need some positivity. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com.